0: Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and bless the name of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. He's a wonderful counselor, he's a good, good father, and we're loved by him. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody beside you and tell them that I'm so glad to see you tonight. Amen. Tell them, I pray that the Lord Lord. will bless you as a result result of your press tonight. Amen. 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 I pray for increase upon your life tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I receive it. Increase. That's what's next. Hallelujah. Matthew 16. I said increase. Hallelujah. Y'all take your seats. I'm telling you, I'm watching the clock. I got to get out of here. Won't be in here long. We thank God for every person that is on the live. Amen. Those that are on the live, that's right. We celebrate you tonight. We honor you and we decree and declare increase in your life. Amen. If you're watching on that live, I want you to uh, uh, put in that comment section, I receive increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We thank God for our live audience. They have been faithful, and we pray, and we believe, God, that he's going to do exceeding abundantly above all they can imagine or think. Amen. Amen. I pray that our experience in-house will spill over to the live. Amen. Matthew 16 chapter, when y'all have it, say amen. We're still in our series talking about praying. Amen. How many of you know that everything is going to be done by way of prayer? And we got to move into the realm where we begin to pray the word of God. Amen. Because God honors his word. He says, I honor my word above my name. Amen. So we can't just call on the name of Jesus and be complacent and be content and be okay with that. We got to get to a place where we can call on the name of Jesus and back it up with the word. Amen. 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 So we're going to talk tonight for a few moments. Um, Thank you, um, Marcus. Thank you so much. I, I just got a burst of excitement. Uh, on today, Dr. Grant, out of nowhere as a kid, I just, I just start feeling excited. I was like, what's wrong with you, girl? You know, I just start feeling excited because um, I'm just, I, I just, I've just made a, I just made a decision that I believe God. And so I, if, if I'm a believe God, I might as well get excited about what I believe. Listen, there's no need to be excited if you're not going to be, If if there's no need to believe if you're not going to be excited about what you believe. Amen. 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 So I pray for the spirit of excitement to hit somebody this week. Amen. Amen. I don't know what I'm excited about. I'm just excited about whatever he's getting ready to release. Amen. 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 I'm excited about whatever he's getting ready to restore. I'm excited about whatever he's preparing I'm excited. Amen. So I pray for the spirit of excitement. Y'all got Matthew 16. Amen. 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 We're going to talk tonight for just a few moments. We're still talking about praying. And and with prayer, we got to begin to pray the revelation of God. Amen, that God will begin to give us clarity and that God will begin to give us revelation. And I was just saying even today how I really truly thank God for uh, Kathy. God put her in my life. And I'm like, you know... um, What is this about? Because oftentimes when people put people in your life, the first thing you do is try to assess their purpose for being in your life. And you got to understand that for every person that God connects you with, there is a reason. The thing about it is you got to pray and ask God, what is that reason? What is their purpose in your life? And I find that um, when we have conversations, there are always conversations that challenge me um, and challenge my perspective to be open to perhaps see something different. Not challenge me to not stand on what I believe. Because I believe the word of God. But I can only believe the word of God according to my understanding. So then God has to put people in your life to not only challenge you to believe God according to your understanding. But step out of your understanding and then believe God for the revelation of understanding his word. Am I making sense tonight? And so I thank God. I thank God for that. So here we are. We're in Matthews, the 16th chapter, Camille. And I was, I was uh, uh, reading this thing. And, and it's so crazy how, Pastor Joe, we've been taught so much stuff. But when you settle your spirit and you really get uh, to the place where you want to know God, And not know God predicated upon what somebody told you about God. But know God because of your experience with him. When you have had an encounter and an experience with him, it doesn't matter what anybody say, they can't shape your experience. Amen. Y'all real quiet. I pull your minds in tonight so that you can you can hear what god desires to say so here we are in matthews the 16th chapter we've read it so many times we understand that matthews is a part of the synoptic gospels amen and usually what you see in matthews you'll read in john and you'll meet in mark and luke amen here we find in matthews uh, where jesus he is talking uh, to the disciples and He's asking uh, the question, he says, uh, whom do the people in the village, in the town, uh, say that I am? In verse 13, he says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am, Uh, son, son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. I know we read this so many times. Some say Elias and others... Uh, Jeremiah's or one of the prophets right so he's asking and he's saying what are the people around town saying about me Sierra he's like I want to know and the reason that Jesus is asking the question about who do people say that I am is because he wants to see what their perspectives are And not only, E.P., does Jesus want to know what their perspectives are concerning him, Regina, but then he challenges Peter because Peter has the boldness to speak up and to give God a greater revelation of who he believes that he is. And so Jesus often asks the question, who are people saying, I am? what did grandma say about me? What are your friends saying about me? Because God wanted to know, Peter, is your same revelation or perspective the same about what the others are saying? Do you have a perspective about Jesus according to somebody else? Or have you had your own encounters and experience with God enough that regardless of what somebody else's was, you can speak predicated upon yours and dare to be different? Y'all hear what I'm saying? So he's he's asking the question. He's asking all of the disciples, Who do y'all say I am? And they're answering. This is what we heard on the street about you, Jesus. And so, and then it brings us to verse 15. He said unto them, he says, But whom say ye that I am? He said, Now y'all told me what everybody else is saying. Now watch this. Y'all done walk with me. Y'all done seen me do miracles. Come on. Y'all that ate at my table, listen. Y'all that heard me prophesy and seen it come to pass. You done seen me lay hands on the sick and saw them recover. You have experienced a plethora of signs, miracles. And. Yeah, new word. So so here we are. He's like, you've encountered all of these things. Now that you've told me what they said, he says, I want to know what do you say? Because sometimes it will amaze you what people think about you that walk close and personal with you. And every now and again, you ought to ask the people that are the closest to you, what do you think about me? Do my walk still bless you? y'all ain't saying nothing Is the life that I live glory to God still uh, 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 bring you a level or some capacity of hope to keep serving this Jesus that we talk about what do you say about me amen after the benediction what are your thoughts what is your conversation about the one that you walk with. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He says, So I want to know, I want you to be on. Who do you say I am? And out of all the 12, here we are. It says in verse 16, And Simon Peter answered. Listen, Simon peter we know that simon peter uh, was a drunker was a cusser he was a fighter but he walked with jesus and old church they say he walked with me talk with me tells me i am his own y'all don't know nothing about that so here we are Says so simon peter he gets bold And he says, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, right? And Jesus uh, answered and said unto him, he says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood had not revealed it. Unto thee, this is Jesus talking to him, but my Father which is in heaven, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. I'm erasing who you were and bringing you into this new creation in Christ. So he says, uh, Thou art Peter, and upon uh, this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right? And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, we got excited about these keys. Oh my God, he's giving us the keys to the kingdom. So we're excited. We shout and we dance in Dr. Yeah. Green. And we're talking about these keys that Jesus has given us. We're making this thing sound so deep. Now the church is in a tizzy. Because they hit the right chord. We knew how to rear it up. T. Coy and say, he's giving me the keys to the kingdom. And they shook it side of said, I got into this thing, Marcus, and I began to read it. And I set myself down, Letitia. And I said, I'm excited about the keys. The question is, what are the keys? I'm excited about something that I got a false revelation about. The Holy Ghost said, girl, the keys is salvation. I have given you the ability to unlock the unbeliever in the earth. And if you unlock the unbeliever in the earth, I have no choice but to unlock him in the heavenly realm. The key is salvation. That's why he said to. Peter upon this rock remember the church was never even formulated glory to God until Peter discovered the revelation of who God was and God says now that you have the revelation I can build upon the revelation that you have concerning me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor get the revelation. he says he says to Peter I can only build upon where you are and so the fact that you have come to the conclusion the understanding that I am Christ and above me There is no other. Peter. Now that you have come to the place. Where you can identify. The foundation. Of who I am. I'm willing to build upon that. He can only build upon where you are. Amen. He says, Amen. he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Right? Mm. Upon this foundation. Wow. Watch this. I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to help us. I'm he never said, That the foundation of the church was built upon prayer. The foundation of the church had to be built upon the revelation of who God was first. Because how can you pray about something? I'm trying to help us tonight. So what is your revelation? Because I got to build upon your revelation. He says, he says, I got about 10 minutes. He says, he says that upon this rock, Peter, Upon this rock, the rock is a, uh, 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 it, it, it is an example, or 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 it is symbolic of foundation, if you will. It's solid. You can't shake me. Yeah. So so we were, you know, the church, your church, got to be built upon prayer. No. churches fold because of the foundation that it was built upon. So so let me let me hear it here. He's saying Peter upon this rock I will build my church uh, uh, and the gates of hell. Peter, upon this rock I'm going to build salvation. For those that are lost. Upon you, Peter, you're getting ready to have the ability to bring together communities predicated upon what you believe. He says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it right well we understand that hell is a location uh and it's 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 a or a place in the afterlife in which evil souls are subject to uh prudent suffering for unrepentant sinners okay i want y'all to hear me tonight because because We got to understand that we're excited about keys, but we got to know the key is salvation. And God is charging us and challenging us to, to unlock salvation in the earth. Who created hell? Where did this hell come from? Well, we understand that uh, ultimately it couldn't have been anybody but God. So God, he creates hell by way of kicking Satan and his demons out of heaven. Why? Because uh, the enemy, he, the devil, he got so, so big, so full of himself that he could no longer reside in the high place and it said that Jesus he kicks them out of heaven so it was so powerful that hell uh, indicates a hole in the middle of the earth Mm. Mm. try and help us in that so that we can understand that that the enemy didn't create hell what he did did you creating your own hell and so God is he's trying to bring us to a place where because hell exists in heaven exist he's saying that there's going to be a remnant of people meaning the church that will run the offensive kingdom the church is the offensive kingdom while Satan is the defensive kingdom And so what we have to understand is Jesus was saying, guess what? Now, Peter, that you have this revelation, I can go to the cross knowing that I have somebody that will carry out this assignment in truth. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So he's saying, he says the gates of hell. And we understand uh, that gates uh, are a defensive structure to keep enemy out. It's structured to be powerful to keep the enemy out. Right? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Gates are defensive structures to keep an enemy out. He says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Right? Gates are defensive structures to keep an enemy out. I'm trying to help you. all I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because we want this thing to be complicated and deep. But everything God is simply saying that he's saying, I conquer death. Mm. And because I conquered death in Romans 8 and 2 and Acts 2 24, Romans 6 and 9, because I conquered death, I have given the church the authority Mm. to overthrow the attacks of the enemy. You have the authority to unlock the believer into a realm of salvation and we have the power and the authority to bind every satanic attack that will try to come against the new convert. Whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But you can't loose a thing until you have the ability to be able to design what's going on in the life of the unbeliever. We sitting running around talking about I bind up sickness and disease. All of that is good. But he says I've given you the authority to go after the unbeliever. Yeah. Yeah. People are still in hell and I'm not talking about yeah. physical hell. I'm talking about a mental hell. Why? Because the believer is so busy unlocking uh, binding the sickness and disease. They still in their house. We haven't even brought salvation to the unbeliever in the house of God. That's why people can come to church and leave out and still trying to figure out who is this Jesus we say we serve. We can't even loose the unbeliever into this new life. Why? Because we're still bound ourselves. We are so busy praying about keys and don't even know the representation of what he was saying in this word. The key is salvation. He said, My desire is that none should perish. But that all will what? Come to repentance. How can they come to repentance and walk this thing out? Except us, the body of Christ, loose them into it. That they will come into repentance and be able to live. Am I helping us tonight? I hope I'm making sense. There's so much to this thing. Y'all, we're not even going to jump into. Y'all know that there's nine circles of hell. There are rims in hell like there are rims in heaven. Let me hurry up. So here we are. He says, upon this rock, I want to build my church. He says, in the gates of hell. The gates of hell. The defensive structure of the strong man cannot prevail against the church. The church will never die out. As long as there is a believer that is willing to run with the torch and preach and teach salvation. What is salvation? What is salvation? Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. Uh, all of that. Amen. Amen. Good news. Broken hearted. Set what? The captive free. That is what loosing is. When the hand of God is upon you and he has an anointed you for an assignment, you have the ability in that atmosphere to loose and bind. Come on, you got to be able to release them from darkness, honey. You can't loose them into this marvelous light and don't bind the darkness that's coming as a spirit of retaliation after them. Some of our houses are in turmoil Because we too busy talking about some keys And the keys and symbolic of salvation You gotta preach and teach salvation in your house You gotta live this thing out So that something could be built upon your life We are the ecclesia. We are the called out. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. He doesn't have any power or authority over the believer unless you don't know who you are and you surrender to the wiles of the enemy. if we the ecclesia the body of Christ we say that the spirit of God lives on the inside of us and he has conquered death How can the gates, listen, listen, and, and, and we're gonna, we gonna jump into this again next week. We're gonna walk this thing out because it's so much in this. He says that that he conquered that. Let me let me get back into this. He said, upon this church, th- this this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We understand that the gates are defensive structure to try to keep the enemy out. He says, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church, against the body of believers why the only way that the gates of hell can prevail against the church is that the church don't know who they are they don't know their power and the authority that they operate in i don't care what the enemy sends your way you have the uh, first of all he has to get permission from your father To be able to even bring that to you. And God is trusting you, the believer, to be able to conquer what the enemy has sent your way. Why? Because he has built truth, the word upon you. You're supposed to be solid. As the body of Christ and not wavering. The enemy win when you waver. He win because we won't stand flat-footed and say, "God, you built something upon my life." Listen, you built something upon me. My shoulders are broad enough to carry. Whatever the enemy brings my way. Why? Because I was built upon the truth of God. And the revelation of who he is. He says upon this rock. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys uh, of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. Shall be bound in heaven. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth it will be bound in heaven. I will give unto thee the kings, keys of, kingdom, of the kingdom. He's saying, Peter, in this moment, I'm going to build upon you. I'm going to pull my spirit in you. My word is in you. Dwelt in you is live is well is living on the inside of you the kingdom of God I'm giving it to you what is the kingdom of God I keep saying it because I really want us to get it tonight the kingdom of God is the salvation that we will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord salvation is to bring hope to one that don't believe salvation is to bring the non-believer to a place where they once doubted God but they've come to a place and they've been girded up and strengthened so much so that they said come what may with tears in my eyes I believe God what other keys are you looking for because salvation is healing salvation is deliverance salvation is abundance salvation is overflow salvation is everything you need to survive what are we unlocking you don't need to unlock a house or a car You don't even have to unlock promotion. I bind up the people on my job that's trying to prohibit me from getting this promotion. And I lose the promotion. You ain't got to do that. The key is salvation. If you do the job well, promotion will come. And when the favor of God is upon your life, he'll create a promotion for you just because I don't have to unlock a house, get my credit in order. I don't have to lose a car. All I have to do is follow the principles of God. And those earthly things will manifest in my life as a believer. The kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Everything that's right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, and all of these things will be added. He didn't say loose it. He didn't say bind it. He says, seek me concerning it. We bind this stuff and loosen stuff that. Why? He says, seek. up the adversary that's trying to repossess my car. No no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You didn't see God when you went to get it. Because he said the blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no, if it's sorrow, it ain't from it's gonna make me rich whatever i get that god has given me glory to god there is a surplus that's connected to it yeah. let me get back to this dr green because we gotta get out of here if you if you if you don't get nothing now we're going we're going we're gonna, we gonna, we gonna we going to put a pin right here uh, because if you don't get anything else, I want you to understand tonight that this key thing, is, this key is salvation. And we're not releasing salvation in the earth. Well, what do you mean, pastor? I'm going to tell you why. Because if nobody's following you, then how are you loosing if the people in your own house don't want to follow you? There is an absence of salvation. So the next time we shout off keys, we won't shout ignorant. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We will start shouting when a soul come up here and say, "What must I do to be saved? I want to know this Jesus." That y'all Because what the key is a representation of, whenever you give somebody a key, a key says you belong here. Uh You have the authority, you have access, and you belong here. So, if the key is salvation, you're telling the unbeliever you have access and you belong here. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Did I say anything tonight to help us? Bible says, yeah, play soft. Bible says... That when. Paul then was ministering. It said that souls were added to the church daily. Why? Because they would. Uh, in by way of evangelism. There was. There was a, a salvation that, were, that was released so much so. It was so powerful. That people could not deny. Wanting to know this Jesus. We got to start preaching Jesus crucified and resurrected. Because when we, da- when we, when we uh, jump in and we dig in and we start talking about hell and Hades some versions when you see hell some versions you'll see Hades it's really symbolic of the same thing and it's Sheol in the Greek S-H-E-O-L and there are two parts to Sheol uh, a lot of people will try to argue the fact that when Jesus died Jesus went to hell Jesus never went to hell Jesus went to Sheol which there is a, the, uh, two parts of that which is the blessed part and there is the cursed side and Jesus when he died on the cross he went to the blessed side so that he can go and unlock and say y'all come on because whenever you go to the part of hell listen once you go to hell there is no more hope so Jesus never went to hell He created it. Hell is for those that say, I don't believe this, Jesus. I'm rejecting him. I don't care what y'all talking about. So Jesus is like, that's what? As long as you in the land of the living, there is hope for you. He had to go back and get the disciples, carried out the assignment in the earth, fulfilled their purpose in the earth. He said, now y'all come on, didn't I tell you I'm coming back to receive you unto myself? We started, I'm still talking about prayer because we got to start praying salvation in the house of God. We got to start praying that the word of God will be so powerful that it will pierce the heart of the unbeliever and it will cause them to fall on their knees, lift their hands and say, God, I surrender all. Nothing can be unlocked because we still crying out over our sins. God can't do nothing in the earth through us because we still crying out asking God to save our wayward children. We still preaching about haters. See how the enemy trip us up? That stuff not even important. Yeah, you know, because my haters going to be my elevator. No, honey. We still preaching about that? It's getting late in the day. I don't care about nobody hating on me. My heart aches for souls. This next wave... We need to pray it forward that God will send a wind of salvation to hit the earth. That he will be able to use the remnant that said, yes, Lord, upon this rock, build your church. And I promise you with every fiber on the inside of me, I won't allow the gate of hell. He says, what shall separate us? Come on here. What shall separate you from the love of God? What's separating you? Height, death. Things to come. Life. You've been waiting on and it ain't happened yet. He said, What shall separate us from the love of God? Come on, y'all. We too grown to still be crying five years later about the same foolishness. I can't give God a sold-out yes because he ain't sent this in my life yet. The devil is a liar. Baby, that's why it's not here. Because you love that more than you love him. You desire that more than you desire him. So much so that God already knows you're going to sell your soul for it. What's separating the body of Christ? That people are added to the church daily. Something is wrong. There is a deficit of salvation. He said the gate of hell shall not be prevailing against the church. The church is supposed to be on the offense. But we've become defensive and offended. Y'all stand up so we can get out of here. I feel it all up in here. Y'all mad. I ain't even beginning to dug into the meat of the message. But it's time for the real church to stand up. I told God and I meant this with every fiber on the inside of me. I told God the other day I was driving Pastor Joe in my car and I said to God and I meant this with everything victory on the inside of me. I said God if this is your will for the rest of my life for me to be by myself so that I can preach Jesus in the earth come on here and be free and be at liberty to do what you desire for me to do. I said it is well. It is well. It is well. well. It's getting late in the Honey, some of us had enough men to last us a lifetime. Some of y'all had enough women to last you a lifetime. Because if we be honest, that's the true stagnation in the church. I can't say what I really want to say. upon this broaden my shoulders to be able to walk this thing out it's time for us to see some daily addition and we ain't talking about the four walls of a building I'm talking about to the kingdom of God what's up? Father I thank you Father I praise you I glorify you I thank you for the revelation that the key is for me to go after the unbeliever and to loose them into this marvelous light and bind them out of darkness Father and live a life that rock that solidifies that you are a risen king in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that our hunger and our thirst, God, will be after that which you desire. And that is so. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that as you take us deeper into this revelation, Father, as you begin to unlock the mysteries, God, of what you desire to pour on the inside of us through this, I pray, God, that we will become a people that will walk passage of scripture and word out in the earth. Father, I pray that we won't even look at it the same as before, but we'll come into a new revelation and foundation that we have the power and the authority to win communities. Father, I thank you. I praise you and I glorify you because even now, Our appetites are craving the things of you. So, Father, we bless your name. Father, I pray for every person in this room. You know where they are, one by one and name by name. I pray that you will meet them in the midnight hour and that you will begin to speak to them and deal with them accordingly. Now, Father, when you ask them the question, Who do you say that I am? It will be the revelation that only you could have revealed to them in their time with you. And their answer will be pleasing unto you. Father, we thank you. Father, I pray that you will cover us and keep us. Father, I pray that you will use us for your glory. I pray that our homes will be better than the way that we've left them. Father, I pray that as we sleep in slumber, we pray that no fires will break out, no thieves, no robbers will break in. But Father, I pray that your blood will be over our doorposts and that the deaf angel will pass over and you will afford us another day, another week, another month, another year to continue to surrender to your will and the assignment that you have concerning our lives father we pray this prayer we ask these blessings in jesus name amen i look forward to seeing you you and especially on sunday morning listen we have tickets let's not wait to the last minute all of those that desire to be a part of the crab feast you can get your tickets The tickets are $75. I'm telling you, we're going to have an awesome time. That is a fundraiser, amen, for the church. So please, if you desire to go, you can see Sister Nicole. You can see EP, amen. I have tickets. We would love to see your face there, amen, amen.